I was forced to step out of my comfort zone again and again and again. And I think it's really hard to grow in your comfort zone. It's really easy to grow when you are continually pushed outside of your comfort zone. You're listening to The Single Mom Cast. I'm Mel Hyatt. And I'm Kelly Wehunt. And we are so excited to introduce to you Blythe Donovan today. Blythe, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to get to be here. We are super excited. You're telling us a little bit about all the things going on in your life, which I know you'll share with our incredible moms. And we're just going to jump in. Today we're talking about... And I can't wait to see how you tie these together, Blythe. But we are talking about two topics, Kelly. Two. Joy and identity. Woof. (laughs) (laughs) I thought we'd start off lighthearted. (laughs) Yeah. So I'll start by just um, reading the definition and then uh, Blythe and Kelly, you guys tell me what you think uh, they are. So joy is defined as a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. And identity is the fact of being who or what a person or thing is. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about those. Kelly, what do you think of, we'll start with you, joy and identity? When I think of joy, I think of when, regardless of any circumstance that I'm in, I can be, I hate, I don't know if I want to say the word happy, I can be content okay. even whenever those things happen. And my guess is if you're tying it into identity, then you are being content with who God made you to be, oh. even if it's not maybe particularly the way that you want. But Look I'm excited to find out. To, Blythe, we're already like, we think uh, we know where this is going, but we don't. Well, so you totally nailed it. Okay. That was, well, my work's done. That was the shortest <laughs> podcast ever. <laughs> nice job, Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, that is exactly why I pair the two together. Because to me, there is a big difference between joy and happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, happiness, like I'm happy when I get a good parking spot. I'm happy when I get a new purse. I'm happy when I, you know, something hap- something good happens in my life. Somebody pays for my coffee, you know, in the line ahead of me, things like that. Those are happy, but they don't sustain you. Mm-hmm. To me, joy is the happiness that is sustaining, that is inner, exactly like you said. Um, when you're able to be joyful when your kitchen is flooded and your toddler's prancing around and playing in the water and you can just laugh and go, wow, this is a really big mess. Yeah. (laughs) Instead of going, that's it. Like everything's over and the whole, you know, the whole day is shot for now. And um, being able to embrace those moments that happen in all of our lives that are completely messy and chaotic Mm -hmm. and still, choose joy. Yeah. That's my goal. And um, my goal is to help other women do that as well. Um, and I do that through helping with identity. To me, who God made you to be is amazing. And God gave everybody, it's so cool to me the way that God made everybody different Yeah, and gave us all such different skill sets. Like there are people who are kid people. I'm a kid person. There are people who are animal people. I am not an animal person. Okay. And I like, I sometimes I hate to say that because people judge me. They're like, oh, you don't like animals? It's not that I don't like them. I have a dog and two cats. Oh. Because my kids you are tolerate. animal people. Okay. You, she is <laughs> tolerating. Yes. Okay. Although I, my friends would argue that I love my cats. 
I tolerate the dog. <laughs> but. I feel like that statement right there, I just learned so much about you, which we will unpack on another podcast Perfect. Cats or Dogs. <laughs> I, just kidding. I like this. You know, something I think about Blythe and Kelly, I don't know if you guys have watched the cartoon Inside Out. I love it. Um, yes. Where there's little people. If you haven't watched it, moms, you should maybe watch it, but also it's kind of sad. Um, and sh- there's little people in her brain that are representing each of those feelings and the joy character. What I love is sadness is always going and touching like all the old memories and making them sad. And joy has this ability to touch them. And even in the sad memories to find like a little joy in that. And I just yes. see joy as this character in the, in the cartoon that is constantly fighting for that space, for the yeah. well-being of her human. And it, I was just like, ooh, maybe we should go watch that. <laughs> okay. It, it, that's one of my all-time favorite movies because Joy is just the best character to me. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It gets a little sad, but yeah. we're okay. So what? before we get you know, going on this, talking about Joy and identity and all the hard things, what's one thing you would like our single moms who are listening to know about Blythe? Um, I think the biggest thing I would like them to know is I get it. I was a single mom for 12 years. Um, my, I call him the husband. The husband left when okay. um, my kids were six and two. And the reason I know about joy and about identity and about overcoming self-doubt and all of the, the icky things that kind of go behind this message is because I've been there. Mm. Um, and I am remarried now, and I'm, I was never planning to. That was a total God moment also. Um, Sometimes we can have the best plans for our lives, and God's like, you're really cute. That's, <laughs> that's not how that's going to go. Let's do this my way. Right. Um, but the single mom life has struggles, and I think it's nice to be able to acknowledge that and to say, we see you, and there are people who get it, who want to be a resource, who want to be able to help you through some of the practical things and some of the emotional things and just the, like, I feel like we're not allowed to address the hard sometimes if we're talking about joy. Mm. And so I, I love what you said about the joy and sadness character together because so much of life is the sunshine and shadows is what I like to call it. Mm-hmm. The, the moments where everything's golden and going right and it's amazing and it's going to change. And the moments where it's all dark and stormy and cloudy and you're in the shadows and that's going to change. Mm. You know, it, it's not going to stay the same because we're here to evolve and to grow and to, to lean into where God put us. So that's I guess that's the big thing I want people to know. Yeah. And I love that you talked about that you get it because you've lived it and you touched on this a little bit. But how would you say your journey as a single mom has shaped your identity? Um, I would say that it, it made me learn who I was. Because, not because of the times when I was a single mom who was on duty, as I call it, but because of the times when I didn't have any of my roles to be able to hide behind. Um, when I went through my divorce, I, my entire identity was I'm a wife and I'm a mom. Mm. And the first time that my kids were not with me for a night, I lost it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I didn't know who I was outside of them. And for me, it wasn't a fear of safety or anything. I knew, you know, they were safe. They were in, they were at their grandparents' house. They were with their dad. You know, all of their basic needs were going to be met. And I was still terrified because I had to face the fact that I don't know who I am outside of these two roles. 
and I don't get to be a wife anymore. And now I have to figure out how to be a mom, but how to be a mom part-time and how to be a mom who has to share her kids with somebody who's really hurting her right now. Yeah. So that's kind of where my identity search started. Um, and actually after that first weekend, I made myself sit down and I wrote a list of what I like to do in my life. Um, and it was hard. I encourage every, every adult really to think through, what do you like to do? If somebody asks you, do you have a hobby? Most people can't think of one. Um, and so I started with when I was a kid, I was like, well, what did I like to do? Back the last time I remember doing something that was just for me, well, I liked to draw, I liked to dance, I liked music. So I started trying out some of those. And some of the things fit, and some of them didn't. Um, I still like to jump on trampolines, it turns out. Really? Uh, yes. Can you, even after having children? Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> in fact, a trampoline was my first big purchase as a single mom because I wasn't allowed to have one before. There you go. Okay. <laughs> I am learning. We are learning <laughs> so much about, okay, step one, buy the trampoline. Buy the yes, trampoline. <laughs> buy the trampoline. Um, because my theory was you can't be angry on a trampoline. So when I was feeling really angry or when the kids, my son especially, really struggled because he was two and had a lot of emotional regulation issues surrounding the divorce, surrounding you know, his identity and not knowing who he was. And so when he would be in, like, full-on meltdown mode, I'd be like, you can't come in until you've jumped on the trampoline for five minutes. Mm. And he'd come back in and be ready for a snack and ready to go. Yeah. Um, so it was a therapeutic trampoline, I guess. Okay. Thank hey. you for sharing that. Because I think a lot of our single moms can completely relate, especially to your statement of the first time that I was home alone at night and I realized I don't know who I am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Blythe, what I'm hearing from this, and and tell me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like to me that you didn't experience joy and find your identity accidentally. No. So, and I've seen you when we were like, hey, what's going on in your life? You're like, I'm doing this, this, and this. And it was all this pursuit Mm -hmm. that you're on. Um, So I want to start with joy, and then we'll circle back around, because you said so many incredible things that were great about the identity, but you kept asking yourself, what is it that I like? And in a sense, you were saying, what brings me joy? Mm-hmm. So what what challenges did you experience as a single mom? Maybe go back to that weekend and the weekends after and maybe even still now. Um, what challenges did you face that have really spurred on that pursuit where you were like, I will find joy? <laughs> That's the way I hear it going on in it your brains. No joy, not today. I'm going to find it, you know. So what what challenges really spurred on that pursuit? Um, learning to co-parent was a big one. Um, I was a right fighter at first during the divorce. I would I kept a logbook. This is embarrassing, but I'm going to be real here. Um, I kept a logbook of like every time that my ex was eight minutes late picking up the kids. And I was like, clearly he doesn't love them and doesn't value them. Realistically, there was probably traffic. It was, you know, eight minutes late does not mean that he's abandoned them. Yeah. It means maybe he hit a traffic jam on the way home or somebody had a flat tire. I've had a book before. 
it was, you know, you're just trying to figure out, am I crazy? Is this happening? So that's okay. Right. Well, and I, <laughs> but I, and I would call and I would be enraged about oh, all okay. little tiny things. And so I. So you were keeping score. Yes, I was keeping score. Gotcha. Because I was going to win the divorce. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, who wins in a divorce, right. really? Like, it's a horrifying process to yeah. have to go through and navigate, especially if one of you goes into the attitude of, oh, you will rue the day. Yeah. Right. Um, but when you're hurt. It's really hard not to go into that space and not to allow yourself because sometimes it would feel really good to allow yeah. that anger to rise up. Yeah. Um, I don't I tend to be a naturally more joyful person, so I didn't know what to do with the anger. So I think that probably fueled the purpose behind my okay, how are we gonna handle all of this? Because it was so uncomfortable for me to feel angry. Um, and part of the whole identity search really was even learning how to feel my emotions when they're not just happy and joyful and everything's great because that's not the real of it. And so I would say that all of the challenges, learning to co-parent, learning to share my kids with another woman, learning to um, put up with different parenting styles, because I agreed to have kids with my ex-husband. I did not agree to have kids with another woman. And so... That was really a struggle for me um, as I was figuring that piece out. And that's kind of what made me go, okay, I can be productive with this. Um, I can channel this into something positive because I'm not willing to allow myself to stay here. I'm all for feeling the feelings, but I don't want to just wallow in it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And those those challenges impacted your pursuit of joy, but in what ways has being a single mom led to self-discovery and personal growth? Um, oh, in all the ways. I think becoming a single mom was probably the best thing that could have ever happened to me, mm. which it was not the way it felt at the time. <laughs> um, but because it gave me that space to have a little bit of time where I did have to figure out who I was, I did have to deal with my own stuff. Um, I bought a business so that I could be with the kids before school and after school and ran a business for five years. Um, I, I was forced to step out of my comfort zone again and again and again. And I think it's really hard to grow in your comfort zone. It's really easy to grow when you are continually pushed outside of your comfort zone and having to figure things out. Um, I I am of the opinion that single moms are the population on this planet who can do the most figure outable stuff. <laughs> yeah. That's I'm making it a word. <laughs> no one tougher. Yes. We right. were swim, Swiss Army knives. Yes. Because we will find a way. Yeah. And if you have a problem, ask a single mom how she would tackle it. Because odds are good she's gonna think of something completely outside the box. Yeah. And a way to get everyone's needs met. Mm-hmm. Because that's what they do. They sure do, and that's why I love them. You, I want to ask you this question for both the listeners who are just like you and who are just not like you. <laughs> uh, when you said you are naturally joyful, um, that is not all of us or they, you know, not everyone <laughs> um, wakes up that way. Let's talk about what do you do and what did you do, even on that, I keep going back to that weekend and those weekends, because mm-hmm. in those moments... Sometimes facts do not change the way we feel. 
But to go back, what do you do in those moments to intentionally create joy? And then for the people who are more like you, how do you also cherish those moments and that not just be normalcy? Those are really, those are both really great questions. You um, wrote them, so thank well, you. <laughs> <laughs> Very well done. Well, thank you. I'm, yes, I was really on yesterday. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I think the, I'm going to address the people who are not naturally joyful first, because okay. I think, um, first of all, I tend to gravitate towards those people because it, we complement each other well. So I have a lot of experience mm-hmm. um, with very close friends, with um, former spouses, with um, family members who don't always say, see things through the rose-colored glasses that I use. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think you can do some tricks to kind of reframe your mindset and get yourself to a place of joy. Gratitude is the biggest way that I know to help reframe things into a more joyful perspective. Um, And it does need to be a choice. There needs to be a point when you have to go, you know what, my feelings are not the boss of me today. Um, I mean, and we do that a million little times a day anyway, not necessarily with something as heavy and emotional as becoming a single mom, but with like, I don't want to go to work today. But you still show up. Um, you know, I, I'm really not feeling walking the dog or fixing dinner for like the sixth night in a row. And why do these kids want to eat again? You know, but you do it and you, there are certain things in life that you're going to have to do. You can't control that, but you can control your attitude about them. So you can go, I'm really grateful that I get to fix dinner for children that I love, Mm -hmm. that we have food, that there was never a time when I was wondering if I was going to be able to feed my kids, which is a blessing that is not everybody's situation, truthfully. Um, I was really grateful that I had a kitchen to fix them dinner. Um, I was really grateful that we had a table where we could sit together. So focusing on some of those things and getting outside of myself really helped. Um, I think Serving others is probably one of the best ways to snap you out of a funk (laughs) if you're not a naturally joyful person or even if you are a naturally joyful person because you it's easy for all of us to get in our own heads and go it's all about me this is today is the Blythe day we're all here to hear about Blythe clearly everything that happens in the world revolves around me but that's not the truth so if you can zoom out and go okay, who could I help today? Who is struggling? It takes some of the focus off of you. Um, And I know there are people who probably are listening to this who are going, there's no way. (laughs) Nope, I am not going to be joyful no matter what. Okay, well, enjoy your bad mood. Like that's, because it is, it's your choice. You get to choose. I loved when you said, out of all of that, what really stuck out to me was that you might not be able to control the situation, but you can control the way that you respond to it. And that is so important. We are always telling our moms that the Harvard study says that your child only needs one safe adult. And we can't choose if they have two, but we do have control if they have one or not. And in that moment, that is being a safe adult, going, I am, you guys never stop eating. And I eat and clean and cook and eat. You know, this whole... Mm -hmm. 
but I can, yes, but I can like change the way that I'm reacting to the situation or, uh, the other person being late, you know, we all, you couldn't control that, but you could control how you responded in that moment. So I just wanted to highlight that part. So I was like, that is gold. And I need to always remember that. Absolutely. And as you've discovered these things, Blythe, how has that impacted the trajectory of your life? Um, it's been just amazing, really. Um, I, when I first became a single mom, I had no idea kind of what that journey would entail. It's allowed me opportunities to do things I never would have done because it stretched my comfort zone so far outside of what was comfortable for me that most of the time if somebody's like, you want to try this? I'm like, sure. I mean, why not? what could go wrong? Well, oh, that. That's often then I find out what could go wrong. Um, I don't always make great decisions, but. But when I right. do. But when I do, I'm all in. Um, and I think um, it helped me discover this passion for helping other women that I probably wouldn't have had anyway. I, a mom was the only thing I ever wanted to be growing up. It was my entire life's mission. And I remember standing there holding my daughter when I was 24, and I just had her, and I had just become a stay-at-home mom, which was my goal. And I was like, well, I mean, I crossed the finish line. <laughs> what do I do now? Right. I hadn't thought about that. Um, I wanted to mom the whole world. Mm -hmm. And being a single mom gave me the opportunity to show my kids how to take care of other people, to welcome mm -hmm. other people in, to be able to coach this whole beautiful group of women that I didn't know the struggles and everything they were going through when I wasn't in their shoes. But now that I've been through it, now I have the ability to share the wisdom and to be able to just give them a hug and go, you know what? It's going to be okay. This season you're in right now is not where you're going to be forever. And you have the ability to choose how you respond to it. And it may be hard. For the identity piece of it, you may have to dig deep and confront some really ugly stuff, some things that might have happened to you when you were a child, some trauma that happened in your life. Um, but you can avoid. you can spend your whole life running from them and avoiding them and be miserable in, in spite of it. Um, what I found as I started this, this journey, I found that digging deep um, wasn't as scary as I thought it was. That the only way to heal from those things was to face them head on mm -hmm. and to go, okay, I didn't deserve that. I didn't deserve a lot of the things that have happened, but they've made me stronger. I can be grateful for not being in that situation anymore. I can be grateful for the skills to be able to move beyond um, trauma and hard things. Mm -hmm. And I can be grateful that I can do everything I can to help give those skills to other people. So um, that was a big piece of it. Because you can't, you can't outrun it. You can't outrun your past. It's so much better to dig in and go, I am who I am with all my flaws. I have all of the skills God gave me that he wanted me to have. Um, he knew I would have these experiences far before I was even here. And he knows that this is going to be okay because I'm trusting him. Um, so I, I hope that made sense. It did, <laughs> okay, yes. Good. I'm thinking, too, the 
one of the complicated things, intense things about being a mom, um, and sometimes we create things that we celebrate because of this, and sometimes we create things that we feel shame and guilt, is that as we are on our pursuit of whatever it is, for you it was joy and identity, and as you are working through these things, it sort of elevated your purpose on this planet and it equipped you for all of these things. But how did it impact your children? You know, because every step we take, and again, I want to I wanna say out loud that sometimes the steps we take create celebrations and sometimes they create shame and guilt. And that's reality. Mm-hmm. Moms, for you, those of you listening, like that is just a reality. Um, and that is just a part of life. But um, it seems like the two things we're focusing on surely impacted the children that lived in the same house with you. So tell us about that. It did. Um, So both of my kids have this great resiliency within them. Um, They they help celebrate the little moments, both of them. My son is definitely in the naturally joyful camp. there's a difference even in the way my kids wake up. Yeah. My son wakes up and before his eyes are even open, he's smiling. Oh. And is that how you wake up, Kelly? Oh, yes. Every time. <laughs> now, am I smiling with really bad breath and my hair all a mess? Yes. But, you know, oh. totally smiling, ready to. No, never. <laughs> I wake up going, what is that noise that just woke me up? Oh, it's and my alarm clock. What day is it? What yeah. day is it? I generally wake up very confused. <laughs> I don't know where I am. Where am I? I don't know what's going on. Sometimes I'm scared. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so joy to wake up. Yes. Look at you guys. And that's, I mean, that's how he and I just kind of came wired. So I'm not expecting that that's, you know, you're going to go through this huge but transformation. But not your daughter. No. My daughter, <laughs> my daughter stumbles out of bed looking hungover. Yeah. Like, same with her eyes shut. And she's like, don't talk to me. Uh-huh. Don't, like, it takes her a full two hours to, like, enter a state where you yes. can talk to her and then she's lovely she's very pleasant and you know fun to talk I to I can relate to your daughter um, <laughs> <but> <laughs> it takes a, take some time to find that joy inside when she so sorry up. we distracted you no. back to how it's impacted um, your children so they they have seen resiliency and they have seen the gifts of of really getting to celebrate the little moments um that that staying present is a big thing in our house. Um, that was one of the ways that I really leaned into joy was making sure that we have dedicated time where we're just together. Mm-hmm. My still to this day, and they're 19 and 15 now. Um, my kids are two of my best friends. We will just sit and talk for hours. Um, they're wonderful. They're they're intelligent. They're emotionally with it. They. Um, they're not perfect. They're teenagers. <laughs> yeah. um, and there's definitely some, still some healing for each of them to do. But um, I've seen them go through, they went through a, a really, really hard season back in 2020. Um, and some things that had been happening came out that I didn't know about. And we needed to move. They needed counseling. They needed, like, it was, we were not in a safe position at that point. Um, and when we moved, they, um, I got to watch them navigate counseling to walk through a really hard season and it was beautiful to see the way that they both dug deep um, walked into hard stuff head on they are bold enough to know their own voice they know who they are they know 
um, what they expect and how they want to be treated. And they will hold people to it, um, which can be good or bad, <laughs> depending <Yeah. laughs> on the situation. But um, it's really neat to see them face hard things head on. Um, and that's a skill that I think will benefit them and accelerate their growth throughout their life because that's a skill you really can't teach until you're faced with a hard situation. Um, so letting them take the lead and lean into hard things has been really beautiful to see. I love that. Blythe, this has been so helpful. And I know that it's brought joy just to hearing your voice. And I wish our listeners could see your smile because it's incredible. Um, is there anything else that you want to say to our single moms? Um, I want to say you're going to be okay. Um, you may be in a really hard season right now, or you may be in a great season right now. Um, you may be worried about your kids. You may have worries or fears about jobs or about, you know, car payments or about all of the different things that stress you out. Um, life is hard. Being a single mom is hard. But I want you to know that you are so loved. You are so valuable. You are a daughter of the Most High King. And he sees you. And he is watching over you and your kids. And you're doing a good job, Mom. Yeah, absolutely. I want to close by reminding us that we can pursue joy in our identity, but we are not the creators of those two things. The Lord is, and Scripture tells us in Colossians 3 that we have been raised with Christ, and it is our job to set our hearts on things above where Christ is. And just this reminder that if you're out there going, hey, I don't wake up smiling, or I used to, that you don't have to create the joy. You just have to set your heart on the one who did, and that is the Lord. And you, as Blythe said and Kelly has said, you do not have to do that alone. Us here at Arise Single Moms and Blythe, we are here for you on that journey. Thanks for listening to the Single Mom Cast. 